Hi everybody, welcome again to the Code 56 podcast. Uh, doing something a little bit different this time around, so uh, thank you to Richard Pettinger for the idea. Uh, I've actually kidnapped some people and we're going to have some lunch. Uh, and my idea is to lightly edit this one, so it might run a little bit longer than some of our other podcasts. Uh, at the moment I've got Amelia with me. Hello Amelia. Hello. Do you want to tell everybody where you're from what you do? Oh, I sound like I'm on blind date. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's worrying. Um, my name's Amelia. Um, I'm born and bred in the county and I work in um, everything that's food-led, so food styling, photography, writing, recipe, menu development, um, anything that's edible, then I will um, tackle. Okay, cool. Uh, for those international listeners who don't know which, which county Amelia's uh, on about, that would be Derbyshire. That indeed would be Derbyshire, nestled in the Midlands. We've got to think big. Yeah. Okay, that's right. fine, yeah. Edge of the Peak District <laughs> and all that, everybody knows the peaks. Uh, and then we've also got Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Hello. And do you want to do a little intro? So yeah, of course. Um, so, from Essex, uh, always worked in London. Uh, moved up to Derby in 2014. My wife's from Derby originally, hence the fact that uh, I've relocated. Uh, always worked in the state agency uh, and opened up my agency in Derby, AKS, uh, in 2016. Okay, cool. So, the reason I've gathered you here um, was Andrew and I were chatting at an event uh, about the podcasts because he'd heard some um, and a great idea about kind of talking about how children can kind of change things for business people. Because mm-hmm. um, Andrew, you've run a business before kids. Yes, yeah. And now you've got a couple, a couple of kids. So yeah, four and two. Um, I don't have any kids. The prospect of kids terrifies me. <laughs> so this is just a, a really easy way of me getting some people to, to either scare me or at least give me some tips. Um, and I thought, yeah, after talking to Andrew, I thought I'd make a good podcast. Um, and I thought, you know, something a little bit different with lunch and stuff, with yeah. the noises we're going to get. See how it goes. So, yeah. So, we are at the Cow in Dolrymies for lunch. So, thank you to them for hosting us, even though they're not really sure why there's cables all over the table. Um, but, yeah, excellent. It's cool. Are we running to. Yeah, do you, I'm going to leave you two to order. Should we just, like, pick. Just pick some bits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, three of us, you reckon, two dishes each? Yeah. So if we go for six dishes, just yeah, yeah, sounds good. Should we grab a, a pulled chicken flatbread? Yeah, is that cool? Are you? Veggie? I'm, I'm no, I'm, I'm everything. I, I literally, I'm greedy. That's what I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe just six dishes for you. Yes, I will. <laughs> Watch me eat. Um, should we just grab some of the, the small ones then? Um, yeah. It's a good plan. You can always add to it as you're going along as well. If you can order a bit more, that's all good. So you've got six dishes just there. Might want another one. Anything else? Quite good with all of that, I think, to be fair. Start with that. Great stuff. That's all ordered for me. Still going to leave the menus for you, just in case you want to look. If we leave one? Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. So, I perhaps could have planned this a little bit better and had like a list of questions for you guys. Oh, no. um, so, but I haven't. No, that's so cool. So we're going to kind of freestyle it, yep. I think. Um, but I guess, like I say, so so tongue-in-cheek kind of say I'm terrified about kids. The whole prospect is um, running a young business and I was just saying, you know, working all hours and whatnot. And I think the time that it comes that kids do come along, because uh, I think it's a, a win, not an if, um, when that happens, I know that I'm not going to be 
spend all day every day at the office because I'm not going to want to. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like there's going to be something else in my life that kind of is more important. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Um, and and I kind of part of the part of the terrified feeling is one year responsible for another human being, like and and everything about that that comes with it. And I think the other is the kind of time thing, and the time thing's probably less because I think. We all fill our day with stuff. Yep. Anyway, and I think some of that stuff's squishy, and some of it you don't need to do, or you find an easier way to do it, or whatever. Um, and I th- don't get me wrong. I think if if I got home tonight and my wife told me that we were pregnant, I I wouldn't run to the hill screaming. You know, I'd step up and I'd, I'd do my thing. But yeah, I think it's just it's just shaky. And I guess like for you guys, was it? Was it always something that was on the cards, or was it something that you kind of grew into wanting to have kids, or how did how did that come around? I'm gonna start with Andrew. Yeah, I was gonna say. He knows me well. Um, yeah, it definitely was always um, something that me and my wife were gonna do. Um, yeah. It's really really important to us. Um, and so actually, I had the experience because we had my estate in London, um, which opened in 2010. And Jack, our eldest, he didn't arrive till 2014. Okay. Um, so we already had him before we relocated to Derby. But, but it fundamentally changes things because before I used to pride myself on there might be someone else more talented, but I would just work harder. And yes. I, I put far too much um, uh, sort of stock on number of hours worked as opposed to quality of work. Okay. So, you know, for me, it would be a, a badge of honour that I would be in the office till sort of 8, 9 o'clock at night every night. Um, and I would think, right, no one else is doing this, I'm going to push forward. Um, but yeah, when children come along, you can't do it. I mean, you won't want to do that, yeah. even if you would want to. Um, I'm sure Catherine would have something to say about it. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely, because there's, there's bedtime, there's... Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and I think, having been a child, <laughs> um, it's those moments that you kind of remember as a kid, where, like, you have the bedtime stories and stuff like that, and it's the, the time that, that it's missed that's also remembered. Kind yeah, of, the absence of a parent yeah. is noted, even as a young yeah. child. Yeah. Mm. Um, how about you, Okay, so do I look like a planner? Uh, yeah. I arrive late everywhere. <laughs> um, she says she was the first one here. Yeah, I know, that's a rarity. Um, I so, yeah, I reckon. Um, I, no, I certainly didn't plan my children. Um, I actually, I didn't plan my first okay. um, at all. I've been with the father, his, their father six and a half months um, and it was totally unplanned but he is 10 years older than me um, I was born old um, I started working at 16 yep. so by the time I and I, all my friends went to university I booked that trend I walked out on my A-levels I went straight into work I bought my first house at 18 bought my second house at 19 so by the time I was 22 I was quite old compared to perhaps my peers yeah. Um, so having a child really did not intimidate me whatsoever, even though it wasn't planned. I guess, I guess when you say old, I guess more kind of conventionally established, maybe. Oh, I, was most, I wasn't conventionally established <laughs> at all. I was just, yeah, off the scale bonkers. Uh-huh. Um, but I wasn't intimidated by having a child because okay. it wasn't planned. And I think it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. Okay, so, so it didn't get in your head too much, I guess. But, but did you did you want kids in that? Always wanted. Um, I wanted six children. Six. I've always wanted six children. Okay. Wow. So I feel very unfulfilled. Um, 
And then I'm I... sure we can just find some. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> I now, I'm very fortunate. I now have two stepchildren. So I'm kind of you know, two thirds of the way fulfilled. Um, and your grandchildren could come along soon. And then, you know, okay. that'd be great. Well, yeah. But, um, but then I planned my daughter mm. who there's a year between my children. Yeah. So notwithstanding yeah. that I'd already got one who was the child only a mother could love, he didn't sleep till he was six years old, my daughter followed suit, she too never slept till she was six, don't look so terrified Owen, it is fine, <laughs> I have odd kids, um, okay. they've gotten better. <laughs> I've heard similar stories elsewhere. But yeah. They are great, um, and Max was just really, really spirited, Max was, the, he was, he was demonic, he was into everything, he should have been at school at two, he was trying to crawl at three months, he was crawling at six months, he was running at nine months, he was just a terror. Um, so spirited that you don't forget a minute of his upbringing or even his adulthood and um so i never planned it but then so i then left their father when i was pregnant with my second child and um i needed to be able to support myself and the children um so i kind of bags and, and we have a brilliant relationship me and him now and, and you know he's gone on and remarried and got more children and it's brilliant but at the time it was a case of right what are you going to do now um, I need to get a job I need to change my career I need to move into financial services because it's more lucrative financially than staying in an estate agency pool yeah. where I can't get the money to support me and the two children yeah. so that's exactly what I did so when you ask about being a working parent um, I had a seven week old when I went back to work in a new career undertaking all of my exams and a 17 month old I feel like the government is well intruding it was great you could only do it when you're 22 and stupid I guess uh, it comes down to that kind of uh, time and and kind of um, spirit I guess as well because yeah like you said when you were 22 yeah Everybody's up late at night. I just happened to be feeding whilst other people were coming home from nightclubs. So I couldn't quite, you know, see that was, you know, a problem. Um, I was really lucky. My mum was um, an incredible support and has remained to this day to be brilliant. So she would um, be around to have the children on a Tuesday evening and the children maintain contact with their father. So they still have that and they've got an amazing infrastructure of grandparents. And that is still testament now to how we've gotten the children to adulthood max is 21 um, in a couple of months it's it's awesome we are this this really great dysfunctional family that somehow hinges together um and we just yeah it's weird it kind of sounds like um so so the business journey so far for me has been building a support network of of other businesses around me and it kind of sounds like with kids you end up building a sort of family support network that's kind of what i hear yeah, I think, I think for me it was very much, I mean the children were in daycare nursery from seven, six and a half, seven weeks old, um, so I've had five months out of work in 21 years, which was my two maternity leaves, um, through choice, and so I don't knock anybody for not returning to work, I don't knock people that go back after four days, it, sometimes the situation dictates that. I think that. everybody's different, though. I think this is something we were talking about, mm. about the balance kind of things, because I think... Um, some people I've spoken to are saying, you know, like, you're never going to be the world's best dad, the world's best husband, the world's best businessman, the world's best boss, yeah. the world's best tech, whatever. That's not all going to happen on the same day. You'll, you might be, Tuesday might be your day to, to dad the hell out of the world. Uh, Wednesday might be the day that you learn that massive deal and something has to slip because, you know, you have to, you have a deadline and something, ha- you, you end up missing bedtime and you feel crap because of it. But as long as it's not... As long as things are balanced and, and kind of evenly spread, 
at least spread in the way that you want them to be spread. Yes. Sense. I mean, I, and so you're self-employed, and obviously you have your own mm. business. So running your own businesses is fundamentally hard anyway because everything stops with you mm. raising a child also then stops with you because whatever happens with them you dictate in their early years certainly their every move their every kind of mm. everything they are ever going to do is at the hands of what you've put into place but on the flip side of that having those controls mean that you do have greater maneuverability than if you're stuck with a boss who tells you that you yeah. can't do things. You have to be there, you have to be there on that day doing that and you're thinking, but that clashes with their first assembly, their first day at school, I can't. Yeah. Okay, I need to take a half day's holiday. You can't do that, we need you there. And so the fluidity there, and I was very fortunate that, that over the whole of my working life, um, I'd be doing freelance or self-employed. Um, and so when I went into financial services, it was literally that freelance under an umbrella, but you're out there to earn whatever you can, um, and you've got a team around you that you all work together, but we were, we were freelance. So it meant that there wasn't really anybody that could say, you can't go here and do this. So you, it's just a balancing act. It's no different than running a business. It's just a little human being that you kind of bring into that mix. So there's bookkeeping and all that? <laughs> you see nursery costs, there are definite bookkeeping skills needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. Um, and you've got two years between your two and Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so moving up from Essex then, um, how did that affect the support network that you had then? Um, well, it's meant I've been around more um, okay. because I my business was in London but, but we lived in Essex okay. um, so I've kind of lost the 45 minute commute I used to have yeah. um, and now work less hours than I used to but um, in Essex we lived literally around the corner from my parents um, so my mum was sort of very very hands on and, and, and that sort of thing um, we've now got um, Catherine's family but they live maybe slightly further from us so it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's different do you have a good network through, like, sort of the school gates, mother and toddler group? Is there something that yeah, Catherine's got I mean, got Catherine's there? got... I mean, that's what's great with kids. It's a really good way of meeting people. Yeah. A really good way of meeting people. So, I mean, Catherine had uh, a good network of friends anyway, which is why she wanted to move up here. But very quickly with mum and baby groups, you, you sort of meet lots of other people in sort of similar situation, really. And now Jack's just started school, you get that sort of network. It should be great for my business. Yes. <laughs> oh, it will. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, I can call that work if I, yeah. if I take you up to school. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it is. Um, I think you're right in a part. You need some kind of an infrastructure that enables you to be able to have other people with similar age children in your world because that's about the only balance that you get because otherwise what happens as I found is that their father was 10 years old so his crowd were different yeah. my own peers were 22 and they were living life yeah. and I didn't have that network to go out with so I kind of mm. worked, I had my children um, but you also realise what's important and children actually really ground you and you all agree with me I'm yeah. sure that no matter the day that you've had no matter that that deal might have come apart at the seams no matter that you've, you've had a client that's suddenly turned on you all of a sudden you get home and they've either done something really funny or something so emotionally kind of it just pulls you and you just sit there and you think you know what I, all those cares and worries about the day just melt yeah. for me kids have made me a far nicer human being okay. yeah. uh, without doubt and you they Unless, set the whole mood in the house as well they because, do. You, know, if, you say you can have an amazing day at work have everything yeah. goes you want but if you get in and there's four year old tantrums going yeah. on you're not going to be happy it's impossible. Yeah, it doesn't matter whatever else is happening. It's uh, 
and it's all dictated by the kids. It is. And yeah. I also say, you know, if the kids are happy, you're happy. And yeah. it's not that I sacrifice everything for the children. And they've, because I've been on my own, because I've always worked, they've had to fall in stride with that a bit. So yeah. when I opened up my own business and opened the cafe, my daughter on the school run every morning would spend an hour before she got to school coming to the cash and carry, the butchers and the bakers. Yeah. And that was her journey to school. But she really remembers that. Um, so you can actually equip them with mm. quite a nice kind of um, a, a bit of business, a bit of business acumen, a bit of seeing behind the scenes of how it is running your business. I guess, so So you mentioned now your kids are pretty much adults yeah. anyway. Um, how, from, I guess you're not an outsider in their lives, but from, from an outsider point of view, do you think that that's kind of affected their work ethic and their employability almost? In that they've, they've, they've witnessed this growing up and they've seen kind of behind the curtain a little bit more than perhaps kids whose parents aren't self-employed. Yeah, um, yeah, they have most certainly. So my um, my son has um, left a full-time post now to set up his own business, um, and he's currently doing nights to bring in enough money so that he can then get his business off the ground. So he, you know, nobody wants to do a night shift, not least something that is quite a repetitive role. Yeah. Um, and he's doing it, and he's he's grafting, and I really admire him for taking on a job he doesn't want to enable him to get to where he wants and he knows yeah and their father's entrepreneurial so you know he's always going to go down that path my daughter has a really good work ethic because she's worked on weddings with me where you stand there for 20 hours a day with a smile and you never stop making food and you never stop clearing tables and you never stop washing pots and so she's had that from maybe 12 or 13 years old and so now she works in the bakery in our village um, and she sort of heads that bit up but she gets up every morning at 10 past 5 and she gets to work at half past five quarter to six and I really admire that in a 19 20 year old kid because I think that's pretty impressive I don't think I could have done that um so I do think it but it's also made them realize that there's a lot of hard work to running your own business and it's opened their eyes up whereas I think perhaps sometimes kids that are taught in inverted commas in schools about business they see it more as a oh that's a really like it's glory isn't it it's Mm. brilliant you know you hang your name above a shop or you have it you know there's me and I've got my own business and it's all about going out there and just being cool and the reality is you know the PAYE and the VAT and the HR (laughs) allegedly not it's until you've had your own business, you never understand yeah. the, the sort of pressures that come with it, dear, where you yeah. do have a wage bill to pay or you, know, you have a sort of a down month and you've still got to keep everything <laughs> running. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's very different to sort of having a certain sort of basic at the end. Good stuff. Yeah. Good yeah. Absolutely. And it is that thing, but I think as well with kids, um, I don't think there's ever a right time to have them. And I might be wrong because obviously there was, I didn't plan mine. But had I have had more, as you acquire more in life, as you mm. build on your career in life, there is less opportunity or somebody feels they're going to forsake more mm. if they particularly, and, and this is a real sexist comment, but as a woman, because you carry that child. So mm. there's no ifs, buts or maybes. At some point, your working day is going to have to stop, even for a nanosecond, whilst you just give birth and make a little bit of an ouch. Um, <laughs> and, and that consequently has to happen. Mm. So I think if you are running your own business, you've then got to put certain um, sort of things in place to make sure that when that happens... When, that, that, when you're interrupted yes. by something that's not of your control, yeah. 
the, the business can still run. Yeah, <clears throat> and also I think for, for men, and you've rightly touched on Andrew, mm. there's a need then for you to be at home more. Catherine doesn't want you out of the house all the time. She's Absolutely. not off gallivanting with her girlfriends. She needs yeah. you there, parenting with her. That's the key difference, because before, um, you know, my wife had a full-time job, good network of friends, busy social life, so, you know, I could just disappear. Mm. And, and I'm not going to be home till 12, well, it doesn't matter, she's yeah, fine. Because she's at Versus, yeah, if someone's at home looking after two little kids, it can be quite tough. Um, they really rely on you, sort of yeah. getting there for bedtime, or, or even if not for bedtime, getting there to at least be able to have a chat about the day and, and sort of yeah, have someone to vent to. And they are long days when you are at home with children. And I used to balance mine, so I would work school hours. Um, I used to do two really long days, so I used to do two 12, 13 hour days and then condense the others into school hours. So I was able to do the school run every morning. They were either picked up by my mum or their dad on the two days I did long days. It was, But it was just a matter of managing your time and you talked about it earlier but when you um, I haven't watched telly in 15 years which is kind of a bit of a joke because then people say oh but do you watch Poldark and I'm no I haven't watched telly in 15 years and they go oh but you must watch I'm a celebrity so it kind of hinges back to I don't watch TV but I realised thinking ahead of our interview today the reason that I don't watch television is because they're hours that you fill with their luxury hours as I would call them so the reality is those hours are no longer available in a day because when you've got the kids in bed, you then pick up your work where you left off. Yeah. Yeah. So you get back to your computer desk and think, right, kids are sorted, they're happy, they're asleep, back to this bit. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you're on a date night because you can't forsake your wife or your partner. So all of those things suddenly mean that things that mean less to you, you, you start to f- concentrate on what's important. No, I get what you're saying. Like, like the way I can see it, it working is exactly that. You know, okay, say, say bedtime is half past six. Okay, so we get ignorance here, I have no idea what bedtime should be. Um, <coughs> Whenever so bedtime is, there's a whole period that runs up to it. So bedtime's seven, but the bedtime routine starts at oh, half okay. five. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or um, you could do what I used to do, which is if you've had a really bad day and the kids know that bedtime is at seven o'clock, just push the clock hand forward and say, guys, <laughs> it's bedtime. <laughs> and they, it's genius. I mean, it, it really does. And they're like, oh yeah, that must be bedtime. And you push the clock round. Sometimes you need to do it. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I see things kind of progressing. It's like, okay, right, so this time is, I need to be at home, I have to be available at, say, half past six. Cheers, thank you. Wow, that looks great. Thank you. Is there any more drinks at the moment? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. Um, so I can see, like, okay, right, get home for six, do the bedtime routine, that finishes at eight, let's say. Um, right, then from eight till ten, back on the, the tools, and then go to bed and try and not, like, get sleep divided. Yeah. Um, and you're absolutely right. It's things like the, the hour or two that I watch on telly. Like, yeah. I'll just slip away because it's not that important. Like, it's it's nice to keep up with that stuff, but it's just entertainment. It's kind of like there's. Yeah, you're right. Fill your time. Yeah. With it, and it is just filler. Um, and there's things like the the like I, I often joke with friends like. I'm terrified of having kids because there are some weekends where I, I don't look after myself, you know, dressing gown weekends where I just play video games all weekend. Yeah. Um, because that's how, that's kind of my approach of mindfulness, if you like, mm-hmm. in that it just switches my brain off and I go somewhere else. Um, now, you can't do that with kids. You can't roll out of bed at 12 in the afternoon on a Saturday no. with kids, can you? No. Um, 
maybe once they get to adults, but <laughs> but still. Um, so so yeah, I guess it, there's that kind of element to it as well. And you mentioned about kind of um, your kids make friends with other kids, and then you meet other people and stuff like that. There's an element of like, okay, well, what if my kid's really good friends with another kid, and I particularly like those people? You know, I mean, there's that kind of that doesn't need to happen. No. So they can still be friends, the children, and. Um, and you still don't need to mesh those two families okay. to become one. Because actually kids, at a younger age, have the widest social circle. They're friends with most people in their class. So, they, and you can, and they start to, as they get older, strike up stronger friendships. Um, but I do think that there's a lot to be said. You know, I've met some of the most incredible people at the school gates over the years, who in turn I've done business with, who have become lifelong friends. Um, and, and it's a really great opportunity to, to just broaden your horizons. I mean, I'm blessed I've got one of each. Have you got boy I've and girl? I've got boys. Both boys? Yeah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I can down. Busy times. Yes. In fairness, we've got, well, I've got two stepchildren, um, mm. and they're both boys. And, and I just think boys are like dogs. They need a good run every day, don't they? Yeah. They really do. That would be my analogy around boys. And they go stir crazy. Literally, yeah. they climb walls in the house you if you don't get them out. Get them yeah. out. Run them off. Run off all that energy. That's what you need to do with boys. Yeah. And I had a son like that. And when they used to go out with their grandparents, their grandfather was a really brilliant keen cyclist. Mm-hmm. So grandma would take my daughter and the other grandchildren in the car 22 miles away to go swimming. Max at five would do the 22 miles on his bike with his granddad. And it was just to try and take some of that energy out of him. He was like a fizzing bottle of cola that had been shaken and then filled with Mentos. He was just crazy. So, yeah, you do need to um, give some consideration to um, the um, gender of a child and, and how to best parent, I think. Mm. I think that has a big impact. So you mentioned that kind of parenting before. And that's something I wanted to ask Andrew. Um, as he's about to eat something, <laughs> sorry. Um, do you ever get this kind of, like, when you're looking after your kids, do you ever get people coming up to you and being like, oh, babysitting, are we? And stuff like that. Oh. No. Does that happen to you? I no. Mean. It's my biggest bugbear, and I'm really sorry to interrupt. It's men. I used to work in quite a male-orientated industry, and mm. I am, I'm an equalist. I'm not yeah. a feminist. I am not anything. Well, I am an equalist. Feminism is supposed to be about equality. It's not supposed to be about... Problem is, it's the swing, but yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. You, yeah, so different well, podcast there. That one is a very different <laughs> podcast. So for me, gender is irrelevant. Yeah. It is about doing a, a job and all blah blah blah. But the amount of time, so I would parent my children across the week, um, mm. six nights out of seven. They would go to their fathers one night a week. Um, my um, male colleagues would often say, I can't come out tonight, I'm babysitting. And I would look at them incredulously and say, So either I'm a full time babysitter or We've got a real issue going on here. Why are you babysitting? My wife's going out. And it used to drive me bonkers. And it's probably one of the few things that could rile me. Because I used to say, they're your children. You don't yeah. babysit your own family. You are being a dad. And they'd say, well, no, I'm not. I'm glad that's where that went. Because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to use it on the podcast. <coughs> well, but you went with dad, not, he, not another word. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no we, we stick with dad. They are being a dad. But they see yeah. it that I've got to stay in tonight and forego going out because my wife is going out. Therefore, I am babysitting and and that's probably one of the only few bugbears I have around gender inequality where Mm. it is presumed that if a wife's at home with her children she is mothering them and then a man stays at home and he's just doing that old babysitting job so yeah that's my 
gri- yeah. rant over. Carry on, Andrew. I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's where my kind of question comes from because I, I, that's how I sound the outside and I see it. It's like, literally, you kids. Okay? Yeah. Like, you're both parents, you should both. The, there's going to be um, sacrifices made on both sides of the equation, both the mother and the father. Excuse me. And for some families, that's going to be the, the, you know, the more stereotypical. The father goes out and does a full-time job, the mum stays at home or does a part-time job or yeah. something like that. There's going to be other families out there where that's flipped on its head, when there's going to be some families where it's a mesh of the two. Uh, there's going to be some families where one of those people doesn't exist, mm. you know, for whatever reason. <clears throat> um, and, it, and it just strikes me as one of those things that would annoy me if people were... <laughs> <laughs> and I know I've had one. There's two each. Was it really? Oh, fabulous. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. So, yeah, I just, I, it was just kind of, I don't know, maybe, it was the kind of question just to see if it's something that you'd experienced or something that you'd seen where, like, dads kind of are treated as if they're babysitters or at least spoken to as if they are. Because it may be that those, those gentlemen you speak of, um, were like, oh yeah, I'm babysitting. And maybe maybe they do approach it like that. Maybe, you know, they get their beer and they just let the kids tear the house up. Or maybe when they get home, they do the whole fathering thing. Yeah. Um, because you're never really going to see because there's a lot of bravado involved. Yeah, it, it's not even that anyone would ever, so certainly no one's ever said it, but um, generally on a Wednesday, um, I take Jack to school. So four mornings of the week, I, I leave the house at um, about half five. Just so I'm sort of up before anyone else gets up, otherwise you get, you know, by the time they have breakfast or else you don't get into work till quite late. Um, but on a Wednesday, yeah, that's the day I sort of don't go to the gym first thing, so I'm sort of at home, take them to school, head to the office after that. Um, and I think there is an element where you feel, probably wrongly, but you do feel a little bit self-conscious that you're probably the only bloke there. Um, and, yeah, it's, it, there's always that sort of thing of, oh, you know, should you be at work rather than doing this. It's um, a weird thing though, isn't it? Really? It is, because you shouldn't feel it, but it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's sort of, uh, it's there somewhere, but it's sort of yeah. conscious of, uh, it's, you know, I, I guess it's a cultural hang-up that we've yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah. inherited over. Yeah. But then, I, the, my children went to, you know, a lovely village school, and there were women there who did work, men there who did work, and, and lots of people that didn't have to work and were fortunate to be stay-at-home parents um but my morning was literally trying to get those kids up and out the house and Mm. know that particularly when i was in financial services before i'd moved into um, into food that Mm. i've got a real responsibility because i've got clients booked in to see me and they were coming Mm. to see me so it necessitated me being there at a certain time battling rush hour traffic making sure that the kids were got all the stuff and and doing all the homework and that is another piece that, you know, when you're a lone parent, mm. butting that up to your own work commitments and your own social life, because, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't have a social life for 15 years, because I did, because that was mm. probably the one of the few things that kept me sane, but you'd get to the school gates, and whilst everyone else could kind of hang around and chat, mm. I would zip up, it was like I was at Brands Hatch, get out the car, go <laughs> get the kids, you know, hey, have a great day, you know, dash, 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 dash school, making sure everything's okay, PE bags and all the rest of it. Yeah. And then literally get in my car and then get to work as fast as I could. Quite stressed. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be the fair assumption for most working parents, mm. that your day is, you're on a clock. 
You, and, and also because school pickup is at half past three or quarter past three or even three o'clock for some schools, that I was used to having a lunch break half two to half three. So all of a sudden you're working day shifts if you are yeah. committed to school hours. Yeah. Um, but I think I've not yet met any parent who would think that their life was better before children. No, no. There might be things that you think, do you remember those Sunday morning lions where yeah. we hadn't got toddlers bouncing on the bed or, you know, we've not been a full mm. night with ill children. But there's never a moment. No. I think you're almost glamorous because the other, on my birthday a couple of weeks back, um, I, I had something I had to do sort of in the morning, so I was out sort of at, at work. Um, then I was like, oh, it's my birthday, I'm just going to go home and sort of, you know, didn't even have a plan really. I was like, I'll just chill out, which is so mm. used to ladies for me our kids. Because uh, my wife and boys at school, wife and Archie, they, they were um, sort of at some sort of playgroup or something. Um, and it was weird because I was sort of sitting there thinking, this should be amazing. Um, I'm kind of bored. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't quite know what I used to do with my time before. Because, um, yeah, you just, you're just you not used to it, are you? It's, uh, and it's, it's, it's it, I think, the thing I always say to people is it, you do experience like another level of love when you have kids yeah. because you can only love another human. Because certainly with anyone else, love's always um, sort of conditional. You, know, you love your partner, provided they you know, behave the way you want them to behave and you, you, blah, 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 and yeah, you, yeah, you get on with it. Versus, yeah, with, yeah, with sort of the kids, it is just uh, it's, it's another level, really. And it's, uh, it's amazing. It's like the hardest thing you'll ever do, but the best thing as well. Yeah, that's something I hear a lot. It's, it's, like, it's the, yeah, exactly that. The hardest thing, but the best as well. Yeah, like, yeah. It's kind of... Um, some people will say like the worst and the best because you know they miss the the Saturday morning lions and stuff like that, but they don't really mean the worst. No. You know, you can tell when you when you're talking to them and like, and they'll tell you all the horror stories and stuff like that. And I, I say you know the best contraceptive contraceptive is, is somebody with kids because they'll tell you all the horror stories. Yeah. And scare you right off. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think I think you're you're right. There's there's a part of kind of the thought process there that goes well. If as and when a kid does come into the world, there's going to be something that because you've got that responsibility and, and they're, they're your child, it's going to be a different level, isn't it? Mm. Um, my children have been my best friends for the last 20 years. Mm. Um, and, and I've not, I've always acknowledged that I'm not there to be their friend. So there's been mm. times actually when my son has hated me. Um, and, and openly, you know, verbalise that. But mm. I'm there to kind of get them to adulthood as the best version of themselves with the most you know the best moral compass and and Mm. having a core understanding of good and bad um and that meant that at times that you know I was loathed um separately and at the same time by both of them but I would say that I've had a really strong friendship with them but they've been very flexible knowing that I work Mm. um they've known that I've never missed an assembly uh, I've never missed a sports day they always had a fancy dress costume ready for something and I used to call it pinging their world because everybody expects me to ping their world and I'm sure your wife and probably you think the same that they arrive home from school um, with an invite that's been in the bag for two weeks and say I'm at Catherine's party later I need a present yeah. and it's like ping I found you a present and we can get you to Catherine's party and when it's like oh, I'm in the assembly tomorrow and I'm a king I need a crown and a cape and it's like ping okay I found you a crown and a cape that's fine I've made it with wine gum stuck round um, one such time and for any parents listening the best way to make an igloo is Fox's Glacier Mints buy bags of them, glue them together, you get the best igloo ever. Um, and that was another kind of last minute, you know, teary child saying, 
um, Mum, you know, I'm there thinking I've got all of these client cases to go through when they're in bed tonight, and then it's, yeah. I need something for Christmas tomorrow. And you think, OK, what am I going to give you? And then it's like, OK, we can, we can do an igloo. That's cool. So till two in the morning with tweezers, you're sticking Fox's glacier mints. But you do all of those things, mm-hmm. and somehow you don't drop a ball. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I think work gets to a level. Your inbox, your inbox only ever gets to a level. And then if you're not catching up with it quick enough, somehow some things that maybe didn't need addressing kind of fall by the wayside. And mm. So I yeah. think it's the same with children. It's the same with workload. Yeah. It, it kind of it's kind of like the TV kind of, yes. uh, analogy that you mentioned earlier, where the stuff that you, you end up concentrating on the stuff that's actually important. And I guess this was something that we were talking about with Andrew earlier about how um, you work less hours. And before, like you were saying, it was you, you put more value on them amount of hours you work, not the quality of the hours. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I guess now that, well, that must have changed. If you're Absolutely, yeah, and, and you're right. It's just about being more efficient with what you do um, and not, um, you know, there can be a lot of dead time. You, know, you can be in, in an office till 10 o'clock, but if you just sort of sitting around, you know, shuffling bits of paper, clicking it, clicking there, feeling like you're achieving something, but in reality not, um, you're no better off for it. Um, so now I just have to be much more um, focused with what I do. I work far less than I used to. Um, but as you mentioned earlier as well, it's about flexibility. Um, so it's great that when there's a, a Christmas play or an assembly or something like that, you don't have to ask someone's permission. Can I go to it? Yeah. You will just be going to it. Um, and you can fit the work in when sitting. You know, as it might be that you're then doing stuff at 10 o'clock that night that you yeah. didn't do during the day, but it's yeah. you know, you're not answerable to anyone for yeah. it. Um, I think this is one of the things that's on my mind as a recruit people. If they've got kids, I know that stuff's important to them. Yeah. So it's a case of like, look, you know, coming up to Christmas time, you know there's going to be an activity and stuff. And I think from an employer point of view, <coughs> even though kids aren't really important to me right now, I get that that can be very important to other people. Mm. So it's a case of making that time available mm. and saying, you know what, yeah, okay, cool. You know, and, and I guess trust the staff to, so that I don't become one of these bosses you guys are talking about. Well, I was really fortunate with the people that I've worked with over the years who have all acknowledged that when you do have a family, there is a shift in that. So if my children couldn't go to school one day because they were poorly, um, then I would be the one that stayed at home with them. If I got the phone call midway through the morning, you know, oh, I'm really sorry, Max has fallen in the playground, smashed his skull open. You're like, oh, that's genius, brilliant, okay, I'll cancel the rest of my day. And you do. But your clients, and when I worked in financial services, it was a six-day-a-week business, but like a state agency, or seven days probably with you guys now. Yeah. So it was six days across the week we were open, and I wouldn't and never did work Saturday. And I could only offer two late evenings because they were the nights that my kids were either having the supper with my mum or their father. So it was a case of if my clients really want to see me and they want me to sort this, this out for them, they have to do it within the windows I can offer. I can offer nine o'clock on a Tuesday night. And I can offer, um, you know, 8 o'clock on a Friday morning because they'd stayed over at the father's the night before. Yeah. But I can't get beyond 3 o'clock. And, and actually, and everyone said, Amelia, you're going to lose loads of business because of it. Because most people want to come in on a Saturday. And I said, only if I offer them a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So they couldn't have a Saturday. Um, and most of my clients actually really valued the fact and respected that I'd got children. They were a priority. They didn't come secondary to my job, but neither did my job come secondary to my life. Yeah. Everything was kind of where it needed to be like you said earlier about where, when that happened when you're having a great dad day when you have got a deal to do you just prioritise everything yeah. and mm. I think from, from an outside looking in point of view that kind of shows your your client that um, you're not just 
quite carefully here. Never say it, um, well, how you want. No, I mean, so, so you think of financial services, and you, yeah. the, the stereotypes exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're dealing with somebody who says, you know, look, I can do these times, but I can't do after that because of you know, family commitments or because of our kids, or, or however it was that you handled that with them, <coughs> then I think that shows that you're a human. Yeah. You know I mean, you're not just some sort of money-grabbing scumbag. No. Um, no, yeah. for me, it was always about... I mean, everyone laughed because there were so many pictures on my desk of my children. Um, and all my colleagues said, are you going for the sympathy vote? Are you playing that whole, I'm a single mum and here are my kids growing up in stages? Please, so give generously. With, with, with you working in financial aid, uh, services, I guess where I'm sad is the kind of stereotype of a male-dominated industry. Yeah. Is that, is that fair? It was, certainly. So did you ever get the kind of, kids are ill and you need to take time off, did you ever get judged for it or no um but then again we were all self-employed okay. so they were all rather hoping that if i was out of the way they might get my clients <laughs> yeah. um no we were all self-employed <laughs> but no do you know yeah yeah we definitely yeah, had um i think what was lovely and actually one of the guys that um i worked with a few of the guys i still see and i bumped into a couple of them the other night and one of them's just turned 40, and their children are four and five, and they were asking about my children. And because I was a bit of an anomaly, because I was 26, 25, 26, I'd got two children who were at school. Um, I'd got, I drove around in this lovely car, and and I was just a go-getter, and I just wanted everything, and I wanted to make everything right, because I never wanted my children to suffer as a consequence that I was a single parent. Um, I never wanted my role to suffer because of the fact I was a parent. Um, I never wanted my my own self-worth to diminish because I was a working parent. Mm. So somehow you had to get that balance right. And the guys that I worked with were really respectful and lovely. And... And, yeah, never kind of... They just accepted that my morning had started a lot harder than theirs. You know, I would get up at five, and when my children were tiny, and it was no exaggeration that they didn't sleep till they were six years old, they never slept through the night. We would pump Max full of everything just to try and get him to sleep. You know, if tranquilizer guns were legal, he'd have had one. And so I could have been awake from 4.30, feeding both of them, having been up all night. Some days I'd get an hour's sleep and I'd go into work. Um, and this isn't to put you off, Owen, because I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm here, I'm alive, I did it. Um, but you'd get into work, and I'd say to the guy, are, are you all right, Mel? And I'd say, I just need, like, a triple espresso. And, and I'd somehow you'd get through the day. Um, and I think they respected me a lot more for it, because I was not a slacker. Um, and they were really kind to me. They were all lovely. Mm. Uh, yeah, and certainly I never felt any prejudice, A, for being female, B, for being a parent, um, it just meant that at work dues, I probably, I didn't party as hard as the rest of them because I knew mm. that the morning was going to be really tough. They just yeah. had to sit at their desk and look human. I'd had yeah. four hours of two screaming toddlers. Yeah. Kids will be amazing, Owen. What would be even better is if you've got twins. <laughs> So I've got cousins that are twins. Mm. So there's a the potential that it's in my family, but it doesn't carry an ornament side. Because it's my uncle that had the twins. Oh. So. I'm not so sure. Okay. I always wanted twins. <laughs> Every time I was told I was pregnant, and I was like, oh, is it twins? I'm really disappointed when it wasn't. And I'm quite envious of people that have got them. So, so I joke with my wife that, because um, she knows where I'm at and whatnot. And I know that, you know, 
she'd like to have kids. But part of what I don't want to happen is I don't want her to be, kind of feel like she has to define herself by having kids. Yep. You know what I mean? Because I kind of I can see people I see people that do that. They kind of their their self worth changes and they they become obsessed by being a parent and sometimes it just doesn't happen. Mm. You know, there's, there's the science behind it. The odds are really slim, and sometimes it just doesn't happen. And what I don't want I don't want her to lose herself. You yeah. Know what I mean? Um, because I'm quite keen on her as she is, you know. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have married her, would I? Um, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, so I know it's important that she and she wants kids, and I was kind of teasing her like, well, if we have one, we've got to have two, you know, because like like dogs, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. If you got two, you might as well. Why, why stop? Yeah. You might as well have fifteen. Yes. Let's, let's get on it now. You know? Because, <laughs> and that is true, isn't it? I mean, like, the only thing I would say, you've only got two hands. Yeah. So it's a bit tricky when yeah. the third one arrives. Are you having three? No, oh, definitely not. No, no. But you're absolutely right. I think if you if you're one to one, mm. that's good. The minute yeah. you've got three kids, there's well, a loose yeah. one. Oh, yeah. The, it needs yeah. To be. It needs to be. It's yeah. like juggling. Yeah. You know that one. You've always got yeah. one in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. My friend just had his um, had his second only a couple of months ago, and he, he sort of said, "He's like, you didn't. It's just exponentially harder to over. Like it isn't twice as hard. No. It's significantly more. So I couldn't imagine three. I really couldn't. But You've got your own ready-made parties and all you have. Yeah. And you end up being... You really have. And also, my friends, quite a few of my friends have got four children. Again, mm. a bit of envy going on there. Um, they're two-thirds fulfilled. Um, and I look at that and they just... It works. Once you've got mm. kids, it doesn't matter how many you have. You've got kids. Your life has changed. Yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. There's only so little sleep you're going to get in a night. They all have to sleep at some point. <laughs> You'll love it. Like I say, I'll step up and whatnot, and I think, and I think, yeah, it will change. Like, life will change. The workload will change. The, mm. the kind of priority will change. Because, like I say, at the minute, you know, I can be. I've, I've had this chat with Amelia before. I can be quite selfish. You know, I've got the luxury of being able to be selfish with my time. Mm. Um, whereas when kids come along, <clears throat> I won't want to be. You know, mm. yeah, okay, I could stay in the office until nine p.m. and just ignore that. I family but i wouldn't want to do that there'll be days no. when you do <laughs> and that, that's why it's interesting that when we first had the conversation about it because i think some of the people say oh, when you've got kids that your motivation levels rise that oh, because in one way you've got a reason why you really need to go and earn a good living and because you've got people to provide for but say that the flip side is that without kids your whole life can be your work throw yourself entirely into it versus after kids even though there'll be times that you're going to be maybe working longer than you'd like ultimately there's always something else there that's more important to you yeah. um, and it, uh, it does fundamentally shift the way that you view things and like you said you work smarter not harder yeah. yeah. and it's just those bits that you start to pinch back on things mm. because you can stand around chatting by the photocopy for half an hour but not if you've got to go up the school room yeah. and you've got to get that file off your desk yeah so it gives you a real kind of quite firm blocks at the end of each day or certainly right. manoeuvrability around, well, I, I need that half an hour somewhere. Yeah. I've got to when, find you, it. when you break it down, because we've got, I mean, I'll, I'll probably sound really militant now, I'm certainly not, but we've got, um, sort of all my team, we've got um, daily planners where mm -hmm. it's your time sectioned in half an hour. So you have on the left-hand side what you plan to do and the right-hand side what you've actually done. And quite difficult when you first start doing it because it's just getting the habit to do it but actually when you're forced to sort of every half an hour account for what have I done in the last half hour mm. it makes you realise how much time is wasted in yeah. a normal day that you know you think well 
had one phone call and then I made a drink and had a quick chat and half an hour on the basis yeah. of it versus uh, when you're sort of a bit more structured with how you spend your time, it's amazing how much more you can actually get into the day. Mm. It is. Being organised is key with kids. Mm. Um, because they're not. And they, <laughs> they leave things everywhere. And they, I mean, we've spent three and a half days turning our house upside down for a PE kit that I swear has been exported to Mars. Yeah. And it's allegedly been left there in the kitchen to be washed. But that was on Monday. Nobody has seen sight and sound of this PE kit and it's required again this morning. So we've now scrabbled through the loft and found as many odd bits of a PE kit from a child that's now six foot two and not 11. And yeah. said other child has had to disappear off to school with that. That's the thing, because I lost a car key not that long ago, which cost me about 270 quid. So oh. it's but before you have kids, you can just look in all the logical places mm. and it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> After kids, it yeah. could literally be... Anywhere. anywhere it could be in the washing machine yeah. it could be anywhere they could post it out the letterbox it, dvd know, play they just yeah it, it, it just it's a whole nother level of you've literally got to look at it like a police search on yeah the where you turn the place upside down and even then you still won't find no. some stuff you don't and they have <laughs> the most quirky little brains and things that they think up and dream up and make up that you just think how right what and they do they you're right and they yeah. do they their logic is just way off pat with an adult um mm. which is brilliant but i mean i remember my son once our goldfish died um and it was really really traumatic for the kids or for him my daughter didn't shed a tear and so i had to go and get a little um cake favor box and to mm. bury little freddie and they drew on the box and they drew a picture this is freddie he was our fish we loved him and we did all this and then we went in the garden and we dug a little hole and we did the lord's prayer and everything was cool and then about two days later, Max came running back in and he's like, Mummy, Freddie's gone to heaven. And he'd gone out to dig him up, but he'd gone. So he was checking that he'd gone to heaven, only he was missing. And next door's cat was looking suspiciously <laughs> smug. And I'm quite sure we didn't put him in the ground deep enough. But it's little things like that that I just think... It fills in the, the gaps yeah. with... Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and they have ridiculous memories where they can remember things now so far mm. back. Like your, even your four and two year old remember yeah. things. You think, how do you remember that? It, it was insignificant. Be, yeah. And you have to be really careful with what you promise. So yes. I, I learned it because I often sort of say, oh, you know, yeah, I'll be, I'll be home, you know, that you're going to the gym in the morning. Yeah, I'm going to the gym in the morning, but I will be home for bedtime. But then all of a sudden, something happens in the day where you've got a really good opportunity and you can't say no to it. So you've got to go and, you know, go and meet someone. Um, and you've, uh, you've kind of almost forgotten it was just a passing comment. Yeah, no, I'll probably be home for dinner. Like, but they always remember. Like, yeah. So I, my original thing, um, I've just stopped working um, for the most part Saturdays. But my original intention, this was supposed to happen in January. And so a lot of last year I sort of said, oh, Jack, from January, I'm not going to be working Saturdays. The amount of Saturdays where Jack's then said to me, is it January yet? Like, oh, you know, it's not June and July, is it January yet? Um, and it's only now we started school in September that actually having Saturdays becomes even more important because, you know, Monday to Friday is very busy, the weekends becomes uh, an important time. So it's, uh, yeah, it's nice now to kind of have just got that back. And as you say, in terms of meeting clients, you know, for me, you know, someone that, that, that I personally needed to be the person to say value their property or meet them or whatever else, well, you know, I'll go and see him eight, nine o'clock on a Thursday. And, you know, yeah. it's, look, I can't do that day, but any other, I can, or failing that, there's someone else in the office that could sort of certainly help you on the day. But it's, yeah, it's kind of distancing yourself back from it. It's, uh, yeah, it is. And it's remembering that, you know, kids are kids for such a short time. Yeah. And, yeah. and actually, what feels like forever 
when mm. they are um, totally dependent suddenly feels like a world away from where I am now and it's been mm. the blink of an eye yeah. and I can no longer give them valid instructions or ask them what to do because if they don't want to do it they don't have to because they're both adults um, but it, yeah it is those things that promises made yeah. or a throwaway comment is held mm. on to my children loved again coming from um, a, a working home and a single mum and all the other bits the security of a week so my daughter every day when I dropped her at nursery she would say what day is it and I would say it is a Monday she's good you're picking me up she knew who picked her up on a Tuesday who picked her up on a Thursday she knew that and that was her thing yeah. and to this day and they're now nearly 20 and 21 they still go to my mum's every Tuesday they still go to the dad's every Thursday and that is their, that's how their week rolls. Mm. Um, and it's underpinned, it's given them that stability yeah. to know that I might be at work or I might be this, but there's those other people to catch when yeah. I'm there and yeah. Mm. But it, yeah, it is a balancing act. But your business never needs to suffer as a result. And no, no. people do understand. Well, I say for us, we've, um, you know, because most of the people that we um, sort of help move home, yeah, the majority of them are young families, really. Um, yeah. It's a time it, in the sort of first sort of six years of a child's life, you know, a lot of people will move to somewhere bigger or, or whatever else. So it, it's weird as well because we've got um, in a lot of our sort of marketing the truth, and there'll be pictures of me and my wife and my kids and all the rest of it. Because I think it's it's about sort of being you. And to me, there's mm. not like a work me and a home me. No. It's I'm just me, and that one well, I don't wear a suit to work either, because I think it's just about being more informal and, and being open with people really. Um, but it's it's a weird one where. People's perception would be that you know, if you've got cute kids, you must be a nice guy. You could be horrible. Yeah. But you know, like it's, uh, well, if you don't have kids, kids everywhere, you know, they sort of relate to you more in that way. Like, so yeah, well, I put them sort of in front of them. They're, they're on the website everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, We've got cute kids, use us to sell your house, yes. sort of thing. Like, it's, well, uh, that was like me with financial services. Look at my children. These are them at school. <laughs> yeah. Look at them. They look. They love me. <laughs> Stay with me. I think, I think what you've stumbled onto there is, is showing the personality about, and this is probably something that I fall foul of, because over the last two years, certainly, it's been just work, work, work. Mm. Like, I was looking at my Facebook feed yesterday, because loads of people have been added me, and I've been really reluctant to add business people on Facebook, yeah. because mm. of, like, crossover yeah. and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but I finally relented and went, okay, fair enough, but I was looking back over my timeline, and I'm like, where's the personality? And I think mm. with, with the kids element, you know, the photos on your desk or the photos and the brochures and mm. things, it shows that actually you're not a soulless robot. That makes sense. Not mm. that I, mm. I don't know. Maybe I don't have a soul. Who knows? You but, do. Um, <coughs> but no, and I think, I think that's something that, I think certainly in the first two years of, of running a business, you, you learn a lot of lessons, especially the first time around. Um, and, and this is where kind of learning from other people's coming, you know, like hearing all your stories and stuff like that. And... and yeah, it's kind of, it, it shows more, it, it gives them something more to relate to you with, if that makes sense? Yeah. Mm. Um, because, well, they have a family. They might not have kids, but they have a family. Like, everybody's, okay. Most. <laughs> Most people have got a family, or certainly we all have some place that we came from. Yeah. Whether mm. or not we, we like that, or we consider that family, you know, we all can relate to people that have family, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, but no, yeah. But I think Andrew's right, because it is, I am me, and yeah. I'm like Marmite. There's a reason I was on the Loudmouth show. You know, people either love me or they hate me. Um, there's very little in between. 
but I am somebody that what you see is what you get. I'm no different in a work environment than I am yeah. at home, than I am when I've got friends over, than I am when I'm, you know, salt and tequila and all the other things in between. I am that person. And mm. so you will always get the best from me. I'll mostly arrive late. Um, but you'll always get as long as you need from me. And so my kids knew, you know, I, I said to you, the barometer at the school gates was, if I was there and somebody arrived after me, they were really late. Um, and kind of my kids knew that, you know, some parents have been stood there 10 or 15 minutes chatting. I mm. literally was dripping with sweat. You know, I raced out of the office, run to my car, sat in rush hour traffic, you know, muttering under my breath, yeah. got to the gate, you know, screech up like Corella Deville. And that, <gasps> yeah, and, and yet it was always my house that the kids came back to after school. It was always me that extended a real, it's just a free for all. All I ask is that, you know, you just eat and drink and be merry and have a great time because that's really the ethos of me in life is just everybody. It's an open house and all are welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I was always the one on the back foot that was, you know, forever trying to sort of catch up with the day. I think it's really easy, the, the whole grass is greener thing, isn't it? It's really easy to look at somebody else's situation from the outside in. You don't know what battles they're no. fighting in their own minds or in their own worlds. Um, and it's really easy to cherry pick the stuff that you envy that they have, if that makes sense. Mm. So, like, you know, <clears throat> like Andrew doesn't work every hour in the day and, and s- still runs a successful business. It's like, okay, how do I get me some of that? Yeah. And I'll be talking to you about that time management. That, that sounds like a genius idea. Um, but it, it's a case of, you know, I don't know what else is going on. Do you know what I mean? And there's going to be stuff, there's going to be challenges that we keep close and things that we work on or things that we just want to be better at ourselves that don't necessarily get picked up by other people. Not because we don't show it, but because they don't want to pick it up, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they look, at, they look at you and they see a you know, fabulous chef and the food creations on Instagram and things like that and like, Oh, I, I wish I could cook food that great, but it's like, but there's a, that's important to you. That's yeah. part of you, if you know what yes. I mean. Um, whereas clearly, it's not a part of them. Otherwise, they just do it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it isn't, and it is. I think about a portrayal of who you are as well. Um, but but you're right. I think. But the point about Andrew now working, having those kind of time management skills, have only come into play as a consequence of having children. Yeah. So it, yeah. until that point, and I was as guilty as you, you know, until mm. then, I worked, like I was saying earlier, you know, around mm. the clock because I loved it. Why would yeah. I not want to work? It was kind of like, if I was having downtime, I would work. Yeah. I mm. did what I did because I loved what I did. Yeah. Um, and I've continued that in life. So there are times that, you know, you would have just let work run away with you. But only time management comes into play when there aren't enough hours. And then you have to stop managing those hours. At yeah. the moment, your hours are a free-for-all. Within reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I get what you're saying. Um, and there's a, obviously an overlay of work and pleasure because you yeah. love what you do. You do, um, you know, you, you go to lots of events. You do loads <laughs> of great things. I get around. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do it yeah, because yeah. They, they're just lovely invitations that you can accept. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, well, even just moving into the next year, with, without kids on the horizon, it's a case of okay, be a little bit more picky with where the time's being spent and yeah. stuff like that. So, so it's already something that's on my head. But the, this whole half an hour thing sounds, yeah, I'm gonna definitely come take it to. Yeah, um, no, I can imagine. But especially in what we do, I mean, we we bill for our time. Mm. So to have ourselves accountable to ourselves makes absolute sense. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry that was a diversion. No, I like that. Um, yeah. So I guess we've been going for an hour and fifteen-ish minutes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to wrap up now. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, thank you very much to Amelia. Thanks. Thank you very much to Andrew. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, Jade couldn't make it with us, but that's she'll be on a future podcast. Yeah. Uh, when she's not traveling back up from Essex. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments for any of us, you can get in touch through hello at code56.co.uk. Um, if you've got a topic you'd like to hear some of us chat about. Uh, get in touch there as well or if you've got any questions for me just just get in touch um, but thank you very much for listening Ta-ra.